The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming in from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, June the 8th, and we are here for what I think is a full card of MLB action uh, on Friday, June the 9th. Uh, we've got a three-way go tonight. Uh, I am back from holiday. Looking forward to being a lot to catch up on. I tell you what, you can't take your eye off Major League Baseball. It's not like you, you go away from a week and you miss one match day. If I go away for a week, that's like 120 games you've got to try and catch up on. Uh, it's not an easy thing. But luckily, um, we've got some help tonight. Start us off. It is a very nice new snazzy football shirt uh, that he needs to tell us about. It's Mr. Dylan Rockford. Dylan? How's it going? Uh, good to see you, Malcolm. I uh, hope you enjoyed vacation. Yeah, Jerusalem uh, soccer jersey. No affiliation. Uh, not Jewish, but <laughs> sister came back from the Middle East, but uh, came back with a nice present. But uh, enough about me. How was your vacation? It was fine, mate. It was uh, good old family fun, you know. I think it's true to say that no man has ever enjoyed a family holiday. Uh, so that, uh, that I kept up the 100% record on that. But no, it was fun. <laughs> my, my number one daughter stood here giving me a shocked face I had a lovely time darling it was fun um, so yeah we did the usual things we swam in the pool we ate and drank we went on a boat trip I played about 25 hours of table tennis with Bob because that's pretty much all he wanted to do he was just bored um, he was like dad do you want to play table tennis dad do you want to play darts dad do you want to play pool uh, so, yeah, we, we played some epic table tennis sessions, but it was fun. Um, I am um, nice and refreshed. And I managed to catch up on a little bit of baseball. I watched one of the shows sitting out on the balcony with a beer last week. Um, caught yourself. And Lonte, I haven't had the chance to uh, to work with Lonte yet, so looking forward to that. So, yeah, very much enjoyed that. And, um, yeah, we the, the Israeli football gambling podcast, Dylan, uh, in the pipeline with me and you and your Jerusalem shirt. Uh, so we get that good. Also joining us, uh, pleasure, all business, all the time, Mr. Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, being in New York, I did the most dangerous thing imaginable today. I went outside. So, oh, you know, I ended crazy. up going outside. It's a pretty risky venture nowadays with the air quality. Uh, and other news, I'm supposed to go to the Belmont tomorrow. So we'll see if that actually happens or not. But still, hope everybody in Canada is doing okay. I know it's been a pretty serious situation over there. But, yeah, overall, looking forward to going through the baseball card. Pretty busy afternoon for me. I have the rare back-to-back-to-back podcast schedule. Oh, nice. I have MLB NFL, and then WNBA. So keeping busy. Uh, we're looking forward to going through the Friday card. Uh, well, that's a, a, a nice segue, Scott. People think this shit's just thrown together. Uh, but talking about the Belmont, my Belmont article went up today. So if you're looking for a winner, Scott, head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and you can dig out my Belmont stakes preview. Yeah, I was supposed to go back to back to back today as well, just on the Premier League here doing the baseball. And then we were going to do the Belmont with Sean and Ryan and Chase. Uh, but that's been rescheduled for tomorrow. Um, yeah, I hope that gets uh, that gets to go ahead. Um, and yeah, because I'm really jealous. I mean, that's it. What's Belmont Day like? I've been to loads of big British meetings, loads of big festivals all over the country. Probably been to about half of the of the race tracks in this country. Uh, but really jealous of, of a big US. What do, what does your day look like, Scott? When when you get there. So I've been going pretty much every year for the last couple of years, except the COVID years, we couldn't exactly go. But whenever we were able to, my current roommate and I would go, kind of a tradition sort of thing. But yeah. I'd say that there's a lot more college kids than you expect. A lot of pre-gaming on the lawn outside uh, with people drinking either beer, like bottles, you know, like plastic bottles, or just having some of the more expensive drinks, but it's a circus. I mean, that's kind of what you expect. It's one of the Triple Crown races, and I did witness a Triple Crown. I saw Justify win the oh, Belmont, nice. but nice. unfortunately, he might that might have been a cheating horse. We're not going to talk uh. about that, but still, uh, it was fun, but usually you see a lot, I'd say, younger of a demographic than you might think, but it's still an entertaining time. It's a great atmosphere. Yeah, the um, 
about two years ago at my local track, Newcastle, they installed floodlights. So now they'll have a lot of Friday night meetings. Um, and there's two big universities in Newcastle. And that's, they just hammer. They just go and give free tickets and put free buses on and just bus all the students up to the races on a Friday night. And it's mayhem. It's absolute carnage uh, up there on a Friday night. Like, but um, they must be making a few quid out of it, getting them to spend the money over the bar, etc. Um, but I do love a good day at the races. It's been too long, really, since uh, since I've been racing. I'll have to get back out there. Um, the YouTube channel is buzzing as always. TV DVG uh, was first in. Evening, Trev, how are you doing? Uh, Randy's joined us as well. So um, if you're in there, uh, cheer up, say hello, tell us your thoughts, uh, and we will relay that to the people. Um, full card tomorrow. We'll uh, touch on things that I've missed. I might have some questions for you boys on things that I've missed um, as we go along as well. Uh, i tell you first about Edge Boost. Uh, Edge Boost is our lovely, shiny new sponsor here. Um, and what a great product. The world's first bet now, pay later uh, Visa card. So Edge will offer you up to $2,500 in betting advances, um, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with that increased bankroll. You can get down on some futures without tying up money. I talk about that all the time, about don't want to back Manchester City for the Premier League at minus 130 because I don't want that money tied up for nine months. I mean, what a great way of doing it here is to, to be able to double your stake uh, or get that money to do it. Um, you can hedge out if you want, which we don't encourage, but certain people will do it. Um, edge was certainly not a, a sleazy loan shark type of company either. Uh, they charge zero interest um, so Edge Boost can be part of a responsible gambling plan. You can set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all of your betting accounts in one place. Uh, support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Uh, must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, tomorrow night, uh, no day's ball for me. 6.40 Eastern first pitch. Uh, it's the first game of the day. Arizona Diamondbacks um, at the Detroit Tigers. It is Ryan Nelson going for Arizona. It is, oh, hang on, audible called here. I'm now seeing Merrill Kelly. I've loaded my MLB screen up for the first time in two hours. Uh, you boys got a Merrill Kelly sighting? Well, yeah. Kelly was supposed to pitch today, but then they cancelled the game today. So I'm assuming Kelly's Ah, okay. Right, August. Well, I've been recording the, the Premier League pod. That's changed. Um, Michael Lorenzen uh, still goes for the Tigers. I've got odds of minus 150. That actually probably explains the odds. I don't think Nelson and the DVACs would be minus 150. Minus 150 on Arizona, plus 120 on Detroit with a total set at eight and a half. And I think this is you, Dylan. Uh, I don't think so, I'm but sure okay, me. Scott. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Diamondbacks in this one. Uh, Kelly's been really good for the past month, and to go through his numbers over the past month, uh, last five starts over 31 innings pitch, 2.87 ERA. So he's been really steady, and he's also gone a lot of length in these starts. Lorenzen's been good too, but the issue with Detroit is the offense. Uh, they were decent to start the year, but then they had some injuries get in the way, and now the offense has kind of fallen off a cliff lately. But the point is, I do think that looking at these teams, Arizona is currently in first place, as shocking as that might sound, current first place team in the NL West. Give me Arizona. Detroit, I think that they're a, I'd say, a pleasant surprise based on how bad they started the year, but it does seem like after the uh, decent run they had a couple weeks ago, the offense has gone back to playing extremely underwhelming. And I think because of that, I got to go with Arizona on the road. Yeah, Arizona are in first place. My 40 to 1. Do you remember, Dylan, we did that preview podcast sometime in the middle of January. And uh, as we were recording it, I cashed some stupid football bet. Um, so I put all the winnings on Arizona at 40 to 1, just out of plain silliness. Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right there. Yeah, quite happy with that. Um, what have you got for this one? Uh, D backs at the Tigers, mate. Yeah, I agree with Scott. I do like the uh, I do like the Diamondbacks. I see a minus one forty two out there. I also lean under eight and a half. Two solid pitchers in Kelly and Lorenzo. Like Scott said, Lorenzo's been pretty good at home with the Tigers, winning all three of his starts at home. He hasn't allowed uh, more than one run in his last three starts at home. And Merrick Kelly on the road. 
I mean, we don't really have to go over it. He's been fantastic. 4-0, 163 ERA. Ke- Kelly hasn't allowed more than two runs on the road all season. So everything's screaming under, and I got to take the D-backs as well. So under and the D-backs for me. Yeah, I didn't mention that before. Yeah. The first five under I also like. Uh, the under just yeah, jumped off the page. I didn't really have to go too far into this one. Um, uh, Mike Lorenzen is my guy. We know this. I've got two or three that I'm still following, and Lorenzen has justified that uh, recently. He's been really good. Um, yeah, like Merrill Kelly in this anemic Detroit um, offense pitcher, uh, hitting 221 against right-handed pitching at home, um, Trev points out, which is a nice touch. Uh, so, yeah, the under eight and a half. I actually don't mind the uh, the Tigers here at plus 120. Uh, but, the, but the main play will definitely be um, the under. People asking where Moonaf is. I think was it Scott's just uh, yeah. in the chat box that he was opposite to the Florida complex, uh, like Alec Manoa, which made me laugh a little bit. So, yeah, hope you have a lovely time down there, Moonaf. You can uh, sort your mechanics out, and we'll have you back on the rotation very soon. Uh, 6-4 Eastern, Texas Rangers at the Tampa Bay Rays. Left-handed pitcher Andrew Heaney goes for Texas. Uh, Tyler Glasnow is on the bump for Tampa Bay. Uh, minus 138 on Texas, minus 188 on Tampa with a total of eight for Dylan. Yeah, give me the dog, Rangers. I got him at plus 155. I only made the Rays a minus 150 favorite. I don't think the gap between these two teams is as big as most people think. You know, both teams are hot right now, 7-3 and three in their last 10. Rays are amazing at home. Rangers, they're great on the road. Both offenses are top three in the league. But what it came down for me in this game was I just trust Andrew Heaney much more right now than Glass. Now, Heaney has proven himself this season so far on the road, whereas Glass now, this is only his third start. Start. I got to see a little more out of him. I can't lay almost $2 with him. And Andrew Heaney's only allowed more than one run on the road one time this season. So I think he'll be able to limit the raise bats just a little. So at this price, I got to take the Rangers here. Uh, Scott? Yeah, I agree. I think the price point suggests taking Texas. I'm not the biggest Heaney guy, maybe because I'm a Yankees fan and he wasn't exactly good with my team, but he's been good since then. But you're looking at Glass now, and he's only made two starts this season, as Dylan just said. He's gone less than five and two-thirds in each of those. Now, Texas' bullpen can be a bit of a weak spot at times, but so can Tampa's. Tampa's bullpen has not been as good as it normally has been in years past, but it's mostly the price point here. I know Tampa did a good job against Minnesota over the last couple of days, but Minnesota on the road, not exactly a great team. Texas offensively, if they can get some runs across, they can do it against anybody, to be honest. But I know it's in the trop, so I get the argument with Tampa being 29-6 and six at home, but I can't lay this with glass now. I think Texas is too good of a team to be getting this level of disrespect. I got to link to Texas on principle. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I get what you said about those odds. So I've gone the other way. I've taken Tampa Bay uh, first five run line. Um, I do. I don't mind Tini. I think he's been okay. He did get hit around a little bit last time. Um, Glass. Now we're expecting, or I'm expecting him to to settle down into the season. Texas just had their five game winning streak snapped last night. Uh, Tampa Bay. At the time of me making these notes, um, they were. They've completed their third five-game win streak of the season. Uh, that's gone now to a six-game win streak tonight. And uh, Tampa Bay have played quite a lot of UK-friendly time games over the last week, um, or European-friendly games. So I, I've watched a lot of them. In that, if they're just absolutely relentless, sometimes you watch a game of baseball and you get the impression that teams are, are just sleepwalking through three or four innings. Like it, it could be nothing, nothing after two innings. And then 40 minutes later, it's nothing, nothing after six innings. And the, the teams have just sort of slept, walked through the game. You never get that with Tampa. There's never a minute off because, like, the, every, the minutiae is just planned down to the detail of every at-bat. Like, and you can kind of hang with them for a little while. And then, bang, bang, they've got you. Rosa Reina's tearing around third base and scores. And then next up tonight, Harold Ramirez hits a two-run bomb. And back-to-back, it's gone from a a tight game to a three nothing game. It's just absolutely relentless. It's great to watch. Like, um, so yeah, it is a short price, which is why I've just stood up a little bit with the, uh, with the run line. So yeah, Tampa Bay uh, to get it done early in the first five on the run line would be my pick. 7.05 is the New York Mets and the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, where I've got officially TVD for the Mets. I've got Tyler McGill. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, going for New York. Uh, it's Dick Mountain Day. We love that. Left-handed pitcher, Rich Hill, goes for Pittsburgh. Uh, minus 133 on the Mets. Uh, plus 100, even money 
on the Pirates with a total of nine. Uh, Tyler McGill is five and three on the year, 440 ERA. Incredibly underwhelming. Kind of uh, a bit of analogy for the Mets, really. Um, you rarely get any length out of him. Uh, his last game, he gave up five hits and five walks. Um, previous was 10 hits and two walks. So there's a lot of runners on base. Uh, the Mets have lost the last three games that he started. Um, and he's got a 6 7 uh, ERA on the road. Mets on a five-game losing skid. Uh, Richard had two bad starts, but did bounce back against St. Louis last time. Six innings pitched, one earned run. Does have a home ERA of a level five. I just can't trust either. Pitcher here, the safest option, I think, um, was the over. I don't actually know, Dylan, you might be able to tell us a little bit. Um, but yeah, my pick's at over nine. This was kind of dependent on, on Peter Alonso as well. He got hit on the hand last night. I haven't seen any news today, Dylan. Can you update us on this and then uh, tell us who, who you like in this game? Yeah, uh, I think I, last time I checked for the lineup today, he wasn't in the lineup. Um, he hit his he hit uh, he got hit on his hand yesterday. He's not in the lineup today, so I don't know if he'll be in. X rays were negative, thankfully, but uh, yeah, I don't think he'll be in the lineup at all tomorrow. Um, for me. I mean, I probably won't bet this game, but how can anyone take the Mets right now, to be honest? It's just a poorly run organization. Buck better be on the hot seat. He keeps <laughs> trout he keeps trotting out Daniel Fat back. Um at this point, I'd rather have Darren Ruff hitting instead of this guy. But uh no, seriously, Taylor uh, McGill, he's just not someone you really want to back at uh on the road. He's much better at City Field and offensively, the parts are just a better hitting team right now than the Mets. Uh, I know Francisco Lindor got that home run the other day, but they're still not hitting for power. Uh Pirates should win this game at home. I lean with the home puppy here. Uh, I also lean under as well. Mets Mets bats are they're disgraceful. Okay, Scott. I think I'm going to lean to the over in this game. I'm going to disagree a little bit. The Mets pitching has not been great, giving up six-plus runs in each of the last three. I don't know what's worse, though, losing five straight or giving up 20 runs combined in two games against Oakland. Uh, We're going to find out. So I'm going to go with the over because I don't really trust either pitching staff. Uh, The Mets' bullpen has really blown a lot of leads this season. So if you do like the Mets, I would potentially consider first five because the Mets' bullpen – I think Robertson's a decent closer, but besides him, you don't really have many other options to get to him. I do think, though, looking at the overall starters here, I kind of have more faith in Hill than I do McGill, which tells you my opinions on McGill. But I think I'm going to lean to the over in this one. I just think that each offense, with either Alonzo in or out of the lineup, I think that both offenses are good enough to take advantage of these mediocre best pitchers. Once again, the bullpens I'm not a big fan of, but I am going to go with the over nine. I can see some runs in this game. Um, started seeing some uh, closer trade chat today for the first time. Um, the trade deadline's, what, about three weeks away, but um, Alexis Diaz to the New York Mets was was one of the big things uh, that I was I was hearing about today. Uh, interesting to see if Alexis will go and replace his brother, uh, Edwin Diaz. That would be a story. Uh, the other closer conversation I saw involves the team um, that we can handicap next, which is uh, the 705 Eastern pitch between the Kansas City Royals and the Baltimore Orioles. Daniel Lynch goes for Kansas City and Tyler Wells for Baltimore. Plus 140 on the Royals, minus 185 for uh, Baltimore on the total the set at eight and a half. Uh, yeah, the, the chapters around the, the, the two Kansas City closers, um, Eroldis Chapman and Scott Barlow, and where they might possibly end up. Uh, Daniel Lynch, 0-1 on the year, 435 ERA. Has only had two starts late, start of the season through injury. Both been okay, um, field and errors got to him really against Colorado last time out and he pitched okay against Washington this is his first start on the road pitched to a 4.58 road ERA last season um, Tyler Wells is settled and consistent he had a bad start recently against the Yankees gave up three home runs in that one uh, which cost him I think that was very much the outlier though he really doesn't allow many base runners is the key to Wells' success um, I've been predicting a little bit of Baltimore regression for probably about a month now and I do think it's settling in uh, we've seen some of the starting pitching wobble um, I think that over eight and a half is safest here I think Baltimore's bats remain competitive um, but I'm not sure about Wells um, and I think Kansas City can contribute so I'll take over 8.5 in this one uh, I just didn't want to take Baltimore far too short a price 
in Kansas City never win. So that was that wasn't an option, Scott. Yeah, I agree with you on the over in this one. You said that Wells doesn't give him any base runners because his whip is so low. The problem is he's already allowed 14 home runs in yeah. 68 in the third innings. So, yeah, he has a hard time keeping the ball in the ballpark, but his overall numbers are decent. Lynch is fine. He wasn't very good last time out, as you alluded to before. Uh, but to look at Lynch's last start in particular, uh, it was actually okay. Five innings, three runs at home against the Rockies, but the Rockies never hit well on the road. But I do think you're going to see some runs in this game. The only concern with Kansas City, though, is that they're currently averaging 3.4 runs per road game, which is the second fewest in the league. It's really tough to go against Baltimore for me. I gave them out today on VEASAN, and they ended up coming back against Milwaukee's bullpen, and they got the win. I'm probably going to end up leaning to Baltimore uh, probably on the run line if I had to play just because I really do like this team in Camden. But if you want to make a play on the Royals team total, maybe a low team total, hoping Wells gives up a couple of home runs, maybe you see like Bobby Witt go yard or something like that, I don't mind it. But I do think I'm going to lean to the over, and I'll lean to Baltimore run line. Long story short, you mentioned the two potential closers being on the market for uh, the Royals with Barlow and Chapman. The problem is, no, they don't really audition that much because they're never winning. So they're constantly in, yeah. you know, in the bullpen, you know, getting loose. But I, I'm going to go with Baltimore here. I just think they're the better team. Uh, Dylan. Yeah, the team total right now for the Orioles, Scott, is at four and a half at even money. You like that? For Baltimore, yeah. I, yeah. I have to like that against Lynch. What's the Kansas City team total, though? Three and a half? Three and a half. I kind of like the over on both. Three and a half yeah. feels low for for fading a pitcher that once again has a home run problem. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like over on both of them. That's on Caesars if you guys want that. But I agree with Scott a little bit. I, I agree on the over. I made my total 8.9. I think there will be runs, but... I like the plus 120, plus 125 you could get with the uh, Orioles on the run line. As long as we're getting plus price, I think that's a good bet. You know, Tyler Wells, he's much better at home than on the road. He does have a home run problem like you guys mentioned. But last time he faced the or uh, the Royals was in Kansas City, went six innings, and the Orioles did win that game comfortably. I think we'll see a similar type game in this one. This is going to only be Lynch's third start of the season and the first on the road. So, Got to see a little more out of him before I could back him. And frankly, I just don't trust the Royals on the road, nine and twenty-one straight up. Orioles hit lefties really well, so I think we, I think the Orioles win by two or more runs, and I do think we see a higher-scoring game. So I'm going to be on the Orioles run line here. Yeah, love it, Dylan. Um, Underdog Fantasy are back on the MLB show. Uh, delighted to have them. Uh, Best Ball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL and MLB with their player prop parlays. If you head to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. 705 first pick. John, did you hear him lag out or is that just... Yeah. No, I wasn't sure. I was like hesitating just to make sure that wasn't me. But it's it's the London Wi-Fi. I'm telling you. Okay, I, I wasn't sure if that was just me. I didn't want to like say something and then I'd immediately interrupt what he was talking about. But anyway, I, I know what game he was talking about. Yeah, it was supposed to be me leading it off. Do you want me to just take it? Yeah. All right. Uh, so you got the Dodgers taking on the Phillies. Uh, Phillies are around minus one fifteen. Over unders at nine and a half. You have two pitchers that nobody wants to back. So I'm assuming we're blindly on the over. You have Michael Grove taking on Ranger Suarez. Grove has an eight point one four ERA, one point five two WHIP. Suarez has a five point four seven ERA, one point five four WHIP. However, Suarez, looking at his last start, he was actually. Good against the Nationals. Went seven innings, gave up one run. Start before that, six and two-thirds, two runs. So maybe Suarez has turned the corner, potentially. We'll see. Then again, he couldn't have gotten much worse, but it does seem like, I don't want to make you mad, but he might have had a Carrasco moment where he suddenly figured it out for a couple of starts. But I think I got to take Philly here. The Dodgers are a mess on the road, and I feel like nobody's talking about it. They give up a ton of runs per road game. I got to pull this up quickly because I actually had the Reds team total over. Uh, not today, uh, yesterday, when they won with that walk-off two-run homer. But the Dodgers this season are allowing 5.94 runs per road game, which is the mm. second most in the league. I got to be on the over, and I got—I think I got to link to Philly here. I don't trust the Dodgers on the road. Do you? 
Uh, I'm actually going to go the other way. I agree on the over. I set my total at 10.1. I do think we're going to see runs here, but I kind of lean with the Dodgers here on the road. Uh, they got a good win here uh, today against the Reds, and their pitching and defense finally showed up. Their bats well, Kershaw was uh, pitching. They finally had a good starting pitcher on the mound. It, exactly, but I don't think the bats have been an issue for them. They're averaging 4.8 runs uh, per game in their past five games. Philly is on a nice little win streak right now, winners of four in a row, but... They beat teams like the Tigers and Nationals. So with all due respect, the Dodgers are a much better team than both of those squads. So I'm not a fan of Ranger Suarez on the road. Uh, I think the bats will continue to stay hot for them. I think they could get to Ranger Suarez. I honestly feel talking in, talking myself into it now, I feel more confident backing the Dodgers in the first five, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning with the Dodgers, but I do agree on the total with the over. Yeah, uh, I feel like at the end of the day, once again, Phillies, yes, they haven't played great opponents lately, but that's not their fault. At least they've won some games. The Dodgers yeah. needed a win today. They got faced off against Ashcraft, so that was a free win, if you want to call it a free win. Kershaw was good, though. You know, I got to give yeah. props to him. But then again, just watching this Dodgers bullpen blow games over and over again, it's really insane how bad this bullpen is. And you figure it would get better because they got rid of Kimbrel, but apparently that doesn't really help much. Also, separate note, I hope there's room on the Florida compound for uh, for Syndergaard, who's now going to be on the shelf for a couple of weeks. He'd feel bad. You saw the quote that he came out with. That just... Yeah, and then mean, he got shelled again the start after. <laughs> and, by, and did you see the rookie, De La Cruz, just hit a bomb off of him? I had oh the my. team total over four and a half. He had a <laughs> home run and a triple in the first like three innings of the game. <laughs> He's going to be a stud, that kid. But I just feel for Thor a little bit, to be honest. I got a little soft spot for him, but... Uh, yeah, you, you got to feel for a guy like that who he was good for the Mets. It's just you, he's bad in the you got hurt all the People time. just feel he got hurt. Exactly. Well, that happened to him. DeGrom got hurt again. Sad story about him. Matt Harvey yeah. retired, but he also had injury issues. Yeah, a lot of promising pitchers the Mets had that unfortunately just couldn't stay healthy. All right, we don't need to go. There. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I know, he, I know. You made a World Series, you know, and then got you had a squad there, uh, but. I'm curious uh, if Malcolm's doing okay with the uh, British he Wi-Fi. Needs, no, he, he's got to go get the IT department and quote-unquote his, his wife. <laughs> the IT department? Okay. Yeah. Well, other than that, though, uh, you wanted to preview the next game? Yeah, so let's go over to the Bronx where the Yankees are taking on the Red Sox. Right now, Garrett Cole is going for the Yankees and Whitlock is going for the uh, Red Sox. Yankees minus 164 for the uh, home team, plus 140 for the Red Sox on the road. Over under is at eight. Minus one and a half is at plus 130. Plus one and a half is at minus uh, minus 150. This is going to be one of those unit and a half plays for me. I do like the Yankees in this spot. Maybe backing them first five gets you a better price, but I do think they should be the favorite. I made them a minus 170 favorite. I got to back Cole at home. He's been fantastic in the Bronx this year. Perfect 4-0. Batters only hitting 186 off of him at home this season. And Boston, they're not really playing good baseball recently this past week. 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games, including four of their last five they've lost. I can't back Whitlock here on the road. He just gives up a lot of hard contact uh yankees they busted out for some runs today games going on against the white Sox right now so hopefully it continues i know their offense isn't the same without judge but i think they should beat the red Sox here at home with cole on the mound i'm going to take the yankees here how about you yeah so just to ask by the way since cole's pitching are you blindly on the rafael devers home run prop against cole no what are what is his numbers against cole uh, it's a well-known thing that uh, Devers basically owns Garrett Cole, and that's like the main talking point the Red Sox have now because the team's not very good. So that's kind of the main bragging uh, point that the Red Sox fans have. I'm going to pull this up, but uh, Devers' numbers against uh, Cole, I believe they're even better than G-Man Choi's numbers, and that was a thing for a while. <laughs> uh, but let me just pull that up quickly. I actually miss Choi. I'm curious what he's up to. But to look at Devers' career numbers, he's 8-for-32, which doesn't sound that great, except six of the eight hits he has against Cole are home runs. Wow. So, yeah, Devers has a lot of home runs against Garrett Cole. Welcome back. How's it going? Hello, everybody. Um, (laughs) Problem I've got tonight is the IT department's out for a meal with our friends. Uh, So I have got – if something breaks, I've got no recourse of action to try and fix it with my mind. And that never works, really. It's all I've got, though. Um, but I'm back. I mean, that's a world record for me to, 
what I did was I performed a power cycle on my phone. I turned it off and I turned it on again. And here I am. Um, what have I missed then? Where are we? What's going on? Uh, we just started the Red Sox preview. So I'll, I'll, I'll actually, first off, do you have any thoughts on the Phillies-Dodgers game? Um, yeah, I quite like Philly here. Um, I just didn't trust Grove at all. Um, and Suarez has put it together his last couple. So Philly were a good price, uh, minus 110. I liked uh, in that one. And any thoughts on the Red Sox yanking you? Yeah, uh, Boston. Um, I know Cole's been going okay. Is G- Garrett Whitlock confirmed? Because that was my... So. Yeah, okay, yeah. He's inconsistent. Um, but I just think the Yankees are kind of a little bit vulnerable. They've got no Aaron Judge. Um, Garrett Cole has had issues against Boston in the past. Um, what, 440 ERA against the Red Sox? Um, yeah, Red, uh, two Boston's of his last active, three. Boston's active batters in 128 career at-bats have a 341 on base percentage. Oh, there you go. Oh, right. Well, no, I don't mind that. Um, two of his last three starts weren't great. He's had three multi-home run games in his last five. I just thought was a little bit vulnerable. I did actually want a bit bigger price on Boston, just with Garrett Cole going. Um, I saw plus 138. I can probably shot around and get a bit bigger than that. But yeah, if you got into my head, I'd, I'd put a few quid on Boston, I think, yeah. Yeah, as a Yankees fan, I think I'm actually going to lean to Boston as well. I know Cole Yay. pitched well against the Dodgers last time out, but he did cramp at 80 pitches, so I am curious. I'm assuming he's going to be at full strength, but still, it is a little bit concerning that he got pulled at 80 pitches because of cramping. But still, the Yankees' offense without Judge has been a mess this season. Now, the only cure apparently was facing Lance Lynn, which has been the cure for a lot of teams. But the Red Sox have given Cole problems in the past, and I still don't trust the Yankees' overall offensive depth with Judge being out. I know Stan's back now. I know Rizzo's back. I get all that. Minus 165, though, I feel like that line's a little bit high for me. And Boston's lineup is still very talented. So I think I'm going to lean to Boston. If you want to go full contrarian for what most people are going to do, I maybe wouldn't mind a Boston team total over if you think that they continue to face off well against Cole and maybe the Yankees' bullpen. But I really don't want to lay 165. Maybe if you find a decent price on the Red Sox plus one and a half, I don't mind that if you want to play it safe, but that's probably a decent amount of juice. Uh, but I do think I'm going to lean to Boston at the price point. 165 feels a little bit steep for me, even as a Yankees fan. Yeah, it's it's way too steep. Uh, completely agree with you. When you see that price, that's when you start looking around for other things. That's when you start looking around for a Boston team total or, or even a Boston money line. Uh, Dylan, have you had your say on this one yet? Yeah, I started. I'm actually on the Yankees, but... It is what it is. I appreciate it. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's the team total though? Like three and a half for a Boston offense that has just been really, really good this year. Like I, I like the fact that this whole team has a 341 on base percentage a lifetime against Cole. I just think that's good numbers. And if Cole, once again, maybe the cramping comes back, who knows? But if you're starting to have a little bit of concern with Cole's health, and he's also been a little bit shaky lately, you might find Boston undervalued. Team total for the Red Sox, three and a half. It's four for the Yankees. Yeah, that doesn't totally shock me. Four is not bad. I thought it'd be at four and a half. Uh, but once again, with Judge being out, I feel like if you're going to take the over on the Yankees team total, you might as well just take some Stan or Rizzo props because one of them's going to have to do something for this offense. Mm-hmm. But still, three and a half, watching Cole pitch against the Red Sox for a couple of years, that number feels a little bit low. Okay, uh, next up. 7.07 Eastern first pitches. The Minnesota Twins at the Toronto Blue Jays. Sonny Gray for the Twins and left-handed pitcher Yusei Kikuchi will go for the Blue Jays. It's minus 110 on Minnesota, minus 125 um, for the Blue Jays. Total here is set at eight and a half. Um, because I occasionally can't read my own right, and I handicapped Milwaukee uh, instead of Minnesota for this one and I handicapped Minnesota uh, for Milwaukee against the Athletics later on. Managed to catch it just in time, so I can kind of swap everything around and sort it out. Uh, Sonny Gray, um, we've talked about him quite a lot over the last three or four weeks, leads the league in uh, buttons undone on his shirt. Four and one on the year uh, with a 2.15 ERA. He's been really consistent. Uh, he, not brilliant. He's not stood, I don't think. He's, he's normally good for two or three earned runs, and he's fine on the road as well. You say Kikuchi, uh, six and two on the year with a four forty ERA. Um, I was watching some bits and bobs this afternoon, 
people telling me the Kikuchi's been going well, and I'm not really buying it. Like, uh, it's just something that I, I, I just I'm happy to feed him. There's just something not right with him. Um, the Blue Jays are playing better, eight and two in their last ten. I've watched Minnesota the last few nights. Um, as I was saying earlier on about Tampa Bay being uh, playing at more UK friendly times, they've been playing the Twins, and the Twins are exactly what we think they are. Um, it's a it's an underwhelming offense. Carlos Correa occasionally can do some stuff for them, um, but I was happy to fade Kikuchi here, so it'll be a low scoring game. But I'm going to take a little punt on the Twins. I think they could get this one done, maybe. Uh, four to two, four to three, something like that. So yeah, Minnesota at minus one ten, Scott. Yeah, for me, if I'm going to take Minnesota, it'd be the first five because I really don't want much to yeah, do with the Twins in the full game. Toronto, I know Munaf and I like to miss the playoffs about a week ago, and it feels like they haven't lost since. But still, I do think that once again, when you're looking at this pitching matchup, Sonny Gray has been better than Kikuchi, whether you like Kikuchi or not. So I'm just going to blindly back Gray in this first five spot. Kikuchi, I do think, once again, should go around five. He's been okay lately, but they're also limiting his overall workload by pitching about five innings. He's given up 17 home runs this season and 61 to third. Sonny Gray had zero home runs allowed before the last start, has one home run allowed in 67 innings this season. So if you don't keep the ball in the ballpark, that should help keep Toronto in check. But if I'm going to go with Minnesota, I'm taking the first five. Over the course of a nine-inning game, I think Minnesota might find a way to blow this, but I do think first five is where I'm going to go with Gray. Uh, Dylan? Yeah, I'm exactly with Scott. First five uh, money line for the Twins. I don't understand how Kikuchi was th- – th- he opened this big of a favorite, even at home. I only made the Blue Jays a minus 105 favorite, so I'll gladly take the Twins here in the first five with the better pitcher in Sonny Gray. Hopefully the bats start to wake up a little bit with, for the Twins, give them a little run support. If they give them two, three runs, I think we're in good shape. But I think they can win this game. If you look at Kikuchi's last four or five starts, he's given up two or more runs in five straight starts. So Twins in a little bit of a slump. They've lost four straight, but I think this might be a good spot for them, especially early on. I'm with you guys. I'll take the Twins first five. 7-10 Eastern first pitch. The Houston Astros at the Cleveland Guardians. Christian Javier for Houston. Left-handed pitcher Logan Allen uh, for Cleveland. Uh, Houston minus 135. Cleveland plus 105. Total set at eight for Scott. Uh, yeah, so for this overall matchup, uh, you know what? I was kind of on the fence on this one. Any of you want to take it first? Yeah. Um, it was hard because they're both pitching really, really well. Christian Javier has been absolutely showing. Uh, but yeah, um, Allen's been ex- exactly the same. It, Cleveland's home form is a, was the issue. We had that, like, look for a tiebreaker almost. And Cleveland's home form is 13 and 16. I think Allen might run into some problems with this Houston offense. Um, Jordan Alvarez has made his way to the top of the RBI charts. He's in good form. If looking for a player prop, uh, Josh Naylor's hitting well. Uh, he's hitting 500 in his last six games uh, for Cleveland. But I did think that Allen might just run into a bit of a problem here. And it was that, that home form really was the tiebreaker. So if I was uh, forced, it would be Houston on the money line. At just yeah. about the backable price. My initial thought on the game was the under. I should have specified, but for the side, I was a bit on the fence here. Houston has been playing okay. I know Toronto just won a series there, but I think I'm going to lean to Houston as well just because I really don't like Cleveland's offense. Not a hot take. They're not a very good offensive team. And I will give Allen props because he's been good this year. But once again, I think my favorite play is going to be the the under in this game. And you just hope that Allen and Javier deal in Cleveland's offense takes a nap again for this game. But I think for the side, I think you swayed me. I'll lean to Houston just because I think offensively they have more weapons. Scott, don't let me start swaying you on absolutely anything. That way, I didn't say I'm going to have money on the game. I just said I'm going to swayed me a little bit on the game. It's different. It's a, slip, it's a slippery slope, mate. It's a slippery slope. Dylan, uh, where are you? 
Yeah, I'm also on the Astros here. I also like the under eight. I made my total 7.5. I also made the Astros a minus 135 favorite. Should be a very good pitching matchup between Javier and Allen. Uh, I think me and Munoff mentioned it on yesterday's pod, how good Javier's been this season and how the Astros, they've only lost two of Javier's 12 starts this season. He hasn't allowed more than one run in over a month. So I think the Guardians are going to have to have a tough time getting a Javier and hopefully they do take a nap offensively. So I got to lean Astros here, and I also lean under. Uh, Okie dokie. We will go next to a 7.20 Eastern first pitch between the Washington Nationals and the Atlanta Braves. This is the one of the two games that's off the board. Um, no pitcher in sight for Atlanta. Um, nothing I could even guess at. Um, Josiah Gray uh, will go for Washington, but not an awful lot. I can add to this. Dylan, this was your game. Is there any anywhere you can point us on this one? By the way, uh, ESPN yeah. did a list of pitcher. According to ESPN now, it says that A.J. smith Shaver is supposed to be the starter for this game. I don't know if that's accurate or not. They might change it. He does not have a picture, so I can't tell you what he looks like. But apparently, <laughs> A.J. smith Shaver, who's pitched two and a third innings this season, is going to start tomorrow, allegedly. So we'll see. Yeah, okay, well, that means nothing to me, did it? Yeah, me either. I have no idea who that is. Uh, oh, the Rockies, they just blew it in the ninth. Um, yeah, I really have nothing on this game. I honestly thought Mackenzie Gore was going to be going for the Nationals, so I really don't have much for this game. We well, were supposed to, but same thing yeah. with the Diamondbacks. They canceled oh, yeah, the game, they got so Gray was supposed to start, and he got pushed back a day. Yeah, I got, I got nothing, Mal. Uh, okay, the chat's making me laugh. You've got Seville in there accusing us of talking smack on the Yankees. And then you've got Insano who's in there who always uh, calls us a Yankees pod. Um, so it can't be both of those things, boys. It can only be one or the other. Um, I don't think it's either, frankly. 8-10 Eastern first pitches, the Miami Marlins and the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Yuri Perez goes for Miami and Dylan Cease. Uh, we'll take the ball for the White Sox. Uh, plus 120 on the Marlins, minus 150 um, on the Chicago White Sox. Total of eight and a half. Um, Miami have a six-game win streak going on. Uh, that's their best of the season. Probably their best for quite a long time. Um, Perez is three and one on the year. 225 ERA. Um, going along really nicely since they brought him up. Not much length out of him. Uh, maximum five innings. Uh, but his last two starts have both been scoreless. He has walked a few batters. If you were looking at a, at a base on balls for he's walked two and three um, in, in his last couple of starts. Dylan Cease, three and three on the year, 463 ERA. Uh, better in his last five, 325 ERA. He's still walking too many batters as well. Uh, you could get in on a walk problem on him if you wanted to. The White Sox have won four in a row here. So, You've got two teams in four. You've got both star and pitchers who've given up chances uh, with runners in scoring positions. So I quite like the first five over here. I think we could see some runs early in this game, Dylan. Yeah, for me, oh, man, I, I got to lean with the A's here, to be honest. I, not the A's, the, A's. the Marlins. The Marlins, excuse me. Uh, They're not that good. No, no, I'm not I'm not that bad. Uh, but the, the Marlins, like you said, they, they've won six in a row. I actually like the team total, over three and a half for them a little more. I'd probably take that as opposed to laying it with the Marlins. Marlins, they've been playing good baseball, 8-2 in their last 10. They've scored four more runs in six straight games, and they've quietly turned into a top-10 offense as of late. Sixth in batting average, 10th in total hits. And I think they'll be able to get to Dylan Seas tomorrow, who's kind of been up and down, in my opinion. Also, Louis Arise, he's hitting 403 on the year. He's only struck out 11 times. He has 87 hits this year, and in his career, he's hitting 263 off of Dylan Seas, five for 19 with zero strikeouts, and all five of those hits were singles. So maybe look towards a total base prop, a hit, run, RBI prop as well. But yeah, I'm probably going to back the Marlins offense in this one. Marlins team total over three and a half or four. Yeah, I think Lewis, Lewis Arise has been talked about more this week than I think he's ever been in his career. Uh, and with good reason, he's, he's doing. Um, He's doing great things. Uh, Scott, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, for me, I feel like I got to go with Miami. Simply put, I'm a huge member of the Luisa Rice fan club, so I kind of have to uh, support Miami in the near future. But I can't back the White Sox here. I know Cease, once again, very good pitcher in years past, 
But the amount of respect he's getting based on these odds, if we just start in, start out with a bad White Sox team, it just blows my mind a little bit. I understand that he's a good pitcher. Is the bullpen any good? No. So even if he pitches well, they might not win. Miami, though, they've just been a good team. Simply put, I think Perez is a pretty good young pitcher. Miami, once again, has been cooking. Arise is guaranteed to get two hits a game. He's batting 400. I'm going to go with Miami. I think this game might be a low-scoring game early, so first five under might be tempting. But I have no faith in Chicago's bullpen. Even the lineup's not great, and they're not very good at home either. So I'm going to go with the Marlins here because I think they're a playoff team. Like, they're good, simply put. I'm going to go with the Marlins. Um, in the DGEN's Fantasy League last week, Noah of this parish tried to sell me the entire White Sox bullpen uh, for Josh Hader and some other people. He must have thought I came down in the last shower. Uh, is the goal to allow runs or is the goal to stop runs? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, th- I don't know if he was hoping I was jet-lagged or drunk or something on holiday. Um, but yeah, I certainly wasn't buying what he was selling. Um, 8-10 Eastern first pitches, the Oakland Athletics at the Milwaukee Brewers, where Lewis Medina will pitch for the Red Hot Oakland Athletics. Adrian Hauser goes for the Brewers. Scott, are we riding Oakland? Uh, it's tough to go against them, right? I mean, they've scored, what, nine-plus <laughs> runs in each of the last two games? you got to break them yep. up. You know, they win one more game. That might be a season-long winning streak right there for Oakland. But looking at the actual pitching matchup for this game, uh, to be honest, I'm not a Medina fan at all. A uh, former Yankees prospect, I believe he was in the Frankie Montas deal. Uh, so nobody won that one. Uh, but Hauser's been good, and he was very good against Cincinnati on Sunday. No offense to the Oakland faithful, all 10 fans they have left. But I'm going to go with the Brewers run line here. I can't back Medina. I, I just can't do it. 8.19 ERA, 1.62 whip. Hauser, once again, he's been very solid. And most importantly, he's a ground ball pitcher. So he really doesn't give up many home runs. Medina's allowed 10 home runs in 29 and two-thirds innings pitched. Hauser's only allowed two home runs in 31 and a third. And I was pretty impressed with how Hauser was very underwhelming against Toronto and immediately bounced back to pitch a gem against Cincinnati in Great American, which is not easy. I'm taking Milwaukee on the run line. Once again, congrats to Oakland. You won two straight games. I hope the parade was nice. But I'm going to go with the Brewers run line in this game. Yeah, you came to this looking for an angle to try and take Oakland again, but the presence of Medina just instantly kind of put you off uh, and it, it was hard to pull the trigger on that. Um, it, unbackable is the word I've I've got written next to him here. Um, I think for the Brewers, you could go up the ladder. The, the run line's the obvious place to start, but you could go higher if you wanted to go alternatively. Um, the Brewers have been going along sneakily quite well, seven and three in the last 10 until this evening when they have lost... Uh, their day's ball game today against the Orioles. Um, and uh, William Adamas was back, came back last night with a home run and he adds uh, to their offense because it can be uh, slightly um, anemic. So Adamas is going to help out with that. So yeah, that, any that version of... That was pretty polite. It's not a very good offense when Adamas... No, it's not. When he's, when he's not uh, I was, not, I'm but... being diplomatic. I have no idea why, but I was being diplomatic. Uh, uh, Dylan? Yeah, another total for me. I'll dive under nine and a half in this game. I made my total 8.7. I think Adrian Hauser, he's been all right this season. This is going to only be his third start at home this season. But if you look at all of his starts, five of his last six games have gone under the total, mostly lower scoring games when he's on the mound. So I think we'll see more of that tomorrow. They're only hitting 217 off of righties. I do worry about Medina getting blown up because he's just flat out been bad on the road this season, over 11 ERA on the road. And something you want to see, not something you want to see when you're taking the uh, under, but on the bright side, the Brewers have been an under team this whole season, 26 and 35 toward the under and at home 13 and 16 towards the under. So both teams bottom half of the league in regards to offense. I think nine and a half is a little too high. So I'm going to go under. Uh, next up, we have a 8-15 first pitch between the Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals. Ben Lively uh, takes the ball for the Reds. And left-handed pitcher Jordan Montgomery draws the start for St. Louis. Uh, Cincinnati a plus 140, St. Louis minus 185 with a total of nine 
uh, for Dylan to lead us off on. Yeah, I actually was able to get the opening line at seven and a half, and I immediately hammered the over. I made my total 9.2. I'm just basically going to fade both pitchers in this spot. Jordan Montgomery has not been good, in my opinion. Cardinals have lost 10 straight starts Montgomery has made. I can't trust him or the Cardinals in this spot. I think he's good to give up at least four or five runs in this spot, mainly because the Reds, they hit lefties pretty well. And with Ben Lively going for the Reds and both of his starts on the road this season, both have ended with the final score of nine to eight. So we're seeing some shootouts with him on the road. The Reds on the road this season, 16 and 12 toward the over, while the Cardinals at home, 16 and 11 toward the over at home. So I think we see a lot of runs in this game. Uh, give me the over. Um, yeah, this was a really interesting game, Scott. What did you make of it? I got to be on Cincinnati. I know they lost the game against Kershaw today, but they've still been solid lately. And Dela Cruz has been really, really fun to watch. And he's been a nice injection of energy into this offense. But once again, the Cardinals have lost each of Montgomery's last 10 starts. I can't back Montgomery here. And I just feel like at the end of the day, when you're looking at his performances, he hasn't even been bad the last couple starts. They just can't score for him. I mean, looking at the actual uh, run support he's gotten over the last couple of games, three runs, three runs, five runs, but that game went to extras. Two runs, four runs, four runs, zero, zero. So they don't score for him. Just simply put, I got to be on the Reds here. Some pitchers are blessed with run support. Some pitchers aren't. And it appears Montgomery is uh, not exactly uh, getting much run support, but I'll be on the Reds. I think Lively is actually decent. And I think that Cincinnati, once again, has a pretty scary lineup at times. Montgomery also has an ERA north of five at home. I, I can't take the Cardinals. I also didn't mention the fact the Cardinals aren't very good at baseball, which is kind of important to mention, too. So I'll, I'll go with the Reds. That's the kind of in-depth analysis we're here for, Scott. Um, my pick was exactly the same. It was the Reds. You couldn't get away from it, really. Um the cards snapped the five-game losing streak last night, winning one to nothing. Um, but the Reds have got quite a lot of things going for them. Uh, back-to-back wins uh, for the first time since April the twenty-sixth uh, last night. Um, they've had um, uh, MLB second uh, nineteen comeback wins of the Reds behind Baltimore, uh, who are leading MLB in comeback wins. Who did it again tonight? So we're a bit late on that one. Uh, we could have tipped up the um, the the live bet turnaround for for comeback wins. So, so yeah, Cincinnati have been doing okay in that. You're right about Dela Cruz. I watched him tonight for the first time. Um, he's been good. Uh, Trev in base. the chat. Sorry, he stole a base today. He had a home run, a triple yesterday. He did. Base yep. today. Guy can guy can play. Ah, yeah, and he looked. He just looked really tidy in the field. He looked composed, is what I thought. And for a young kid, and he's a there's a lot of him. He's a big bit of equipment. Um, he, he had his arms and legs organized, uh, which looks difficult when you're that size and the ball's coming out you quick. But yeah, he looked really composed. Um, ben Lively was the pitcher I said last week that I'd watched the last three times by accident, uh, which he knew pulled me up. And I've been in on him. He's been going okay. So yeah, I'll take the Reds here. Uh, it's a nice price, plus 140. Uh, possible uh, edge boost play of the day potential, I reckon, on that one. Um, 840 Eastern first pitches the San Diego Padres at the Colorado Rockies New Darvish for San Diego and lefty Austin Gomba for Colorado minus 185 on the Padres plus 150 on the Rockies total set at 11 um, didn't have to look very far here to decide I wanted to back the over even though it's a, it's a Coors Field special of 11 uh, Darvish rocking a 410 ERA with a four and four record, that's five thirty-three in his last five, and it's six oh seven on the road. It is inflated by that seven earned run effort um on the twenty-eighth of May at the Yankees. Um, but he's appeared at Colorado five times in his career, pitched to a five point two six ERA over twenty-five and two third innings. Gomba has just been awful in general and worse than that at home. So, yeah, this is just a big old over. This could be anything. Um, I like runs here. Dylan, what was your number? Yeah, no play on this side, but I'm on the over as well. I made my total 11.4. We finally saw Padres bats break out the other day with 10 runs being put up against the Mariners. Hopefully they can build off that game. But uh, Padres, they hit lefties pretty well. And against Austin Gomber, who gives up a lot of hard contact at home, I agree. I think we see runs in this game. Rockies, they also hit righties pretty well too. And you, Darvish, hasn't looked sharp 
sharp down the road this season either. So going to fade both pitchers. I'll take the over 11. Scott, is it a team ride on the over? Yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, Gomber can give up 11 by himself, so I'm going to go with the over in general. <laughs> Shout out to Juan Soto, by the way, who had his first ever five-hit game a couple days ago because he usually walks three times a game. So congrats to him for getting five hits. But I am going to go with the over. Darvish, you mentioned the most important part, Malcolm, which is uh, the stats in cores. Every other stat goes out the window. All that matters yeah. is how you pitch in cores, and Darvish has not been good here historically. So I am going to go with the over. The Rockies offensively, not good. I'm aware of that. They have a lot of injuries as well. But I do think at the end of the day, the Padres, once again, might score nine by themselves. Gomber might get the hook after two innings, maybe. So give me the over. Padres team total over might seem high. Probably not high enough. I'll be on the over. The penultimate game on the show tonight is a 9.38 Eastern first pitch between the Seattle Mariners and the Los Angeles Angels. Luis Castillo... For the Mariners, Shohei Otani for the Angels, who are minus 150 at home. Uh, Castillo and the Mariners are plus 110 with a total of seven and a half. Scott, um, this was a good game to handicap. I think uh, there's lots of possibilities here. What's yours? Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities, and Seattle has not exactly played that well lately. But the question is, do I really want to lay that decent of a price with Otani when the Angels love wasting all of his good performances in his, in his entire career. So Castillo's been really good. I mean, 2.55 ERA, we know how good he is. That's why the uh, Mariners traded for him from Cincinnati. I think I am going to lean to the Angels, though, just because of the fact that I'm really not a fan of Seattle's current form. Uh, if you actually look at their active lineup, I believe they currently have four of the top five batters in terms of strikeouts. They strike out all the time. So I got to be on Otani strikeout prop uh, in this nice. game. I'm on the over because Seattle, once again, they swing at everything. So I do think you're going to see a lot of strikeouts here, which should result in Otani pitching well. But it's mostly just fading Seattle, who's 13 and 16 on the road. Uh, they just lost a series. Uh, sorry, they lost a game there against San Diego. They struggled against Texas. They've really not been good on this road trip. So I'm going to go with the Angels here and they find a way to get it done. That um, Otani strikeout prop is very attractive. I love that, Scott. Um, Dylan, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I got the Angels earlier in the day at minus 115, so I jumped on that. I made them a minus 140 favorite, so it is getting up there in the price. I'm a big fan of Luis Castillo, but the Mariners, they've lost every game he started on the road this season, 0-4, and the Mariners are just not giving him run support. I don't like their current form as well either. Kind of been a big disappointment this season. But uh, with Otani, he he has given up uh, more runs as of late. But most of those games have been on the road. At home, he's kind of been locked in. Last time he faced the Mariners, six solid innings, only gave up one run. He struck out eight batters. I do like the strikeout prop as well. But uh, I just feel like two teams are going a different direction. Mariners, they've been disappointing this season. They can hit, and they've lost four of the last five games. While the Mariners, they're top ten off offense they've won three straight so give me the better team at home i'll take the angels um at the two frustrating and inconsistent teams here at the handicap you've you've both covered that uh really well so what this boils down to is uh, i can't trust either um i think castillo is in better form than otani otani's recent form on the mound hasn't been great um Seattle are going well, but can. The Angels have won three in a row, but will find a way to muck that up. Um, so at the bigger price, um, I would take Seattle here behind Castillo, uh, plus 110. Now, final game on the card is a 10-15 Eastern first pitch between the Chicago Cubs and the San Francisco Giants, which unfortunately we're not going to be able to tell you much about. Um We've got the got the Cubs here as officially a TBD pitcher, but I've got Marcus Stroman going uh, with Anthony Desclafani going for the Giants. Um, anyone agree with Stroman or have I missed something? No, I saw Stroman as well. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, no lines at all on this one to report, but um, we can I'll pass this across to Dylan then. If it is Stroman v. Desclafani, um, if you've got any official lines, Dylan, or if you haven't, what, what lines do you have for us? 
Yeah, I made the Giants a minus 120 favorite. Uh, minus one and a half is at plus 160. So it's the other. I need a plus 120 for the Cubs. Plus one and a half is at minus 160. I made my total 7.5. Hopefully we could get a nice plus price with uh, the Cubs the way Stroman's been pitching. I mean, he's been lights out. They've won his last four games. He's only allowed two or more runs in those four games. Uh, only really hiccup he had on the road was against the Twins, oddly enough, who really are not a good hitting team. But uh, other than that, solid outing against uh the Padres in his last start on the road he only gave up one run on the road against a good hitting team in the Philly so I kind of want to see what I could get if I could get a plus 120 or higher I'd probably be on the Cubs here uh Scott I, I gotta be on the Cubs uh, just simply put I think Stroman's been incredible uh he's gonna be an all-star if he continues pitching this well in fact he might already have an all-star spot locked up because he has a 2.39 ERA and to look at the last couple of starts that he's had, I mean, it's it's amazing uh, how good he's been. Uh, he had a complete game shutout against Tampa a couple of starts ago. But to read off these four starts, six innings no earned, nine innings no earned, eight innings two earned, and six innings one earned. So he's been amazing for the last four starts. And as you just said, they have won each of the last four, four starts that he's made. I got to be on Strowman. I have not really been a fan of Di Scafani for a long time. I know the Giants have been pretty good lately, and they just ended up having a pretty solid series there against Colorado. But Colorado's a mess. But the point is you're looking at the last couple of starts here, and I really have a hard time going against Strowman because in those last four starts, he has a .93 ERA, and it gives you length. I got to go with the Cubs money line in this. Um, I love getting a bit of affirmation uh, off you two boys because that's exactly the way I handicap this game. Um, I'd say possibly alongside McClanahan, Strowman's been the best uh, pitcher in MLB uh, recently. And on the flip side of that, Tony Disco, who we talked up really a few weeks ago, um, has gone off the boil. I think this will be low scoring, uh, but I think the Cubs can get a win. They're a good price, uh, a plus money price behind Strowman. has to be the player. So yeah, team ride for for me on the Cubs at plus 120. And that, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, has got us through the 15 games. Uh, so we will pivot to our locks and dogs. Dylan, uh, we'll let you lead us off with the exotics. Uh, I'm still deciding on my lock. I'll pass it on over to Scott. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, Scotty. All right. Uh, so for my lock on the show, I'm kind of torn between a couple of picks here. I know what my dog's going to be, so I'm just curious what my lock is going to be for this show. Uh, I thought about maybe Arizona, but Lorenzen has been good, so I'll give him respect. Uh, but I think for the sake of this card, I am going to look towards that. Um, what do I want to do here? You know what? I'm just going to go with my instincts here. I'm going to go with the uh, Padres team total over in this game against the Rockies. Okay. It's a high number. It's going to be a high number, probably six and a half. I don't really care. I, I just think Gomber's going to get shelled. I think San Diego might have turned a corner offensively, and I do think that you're going to see them tee off against this Rockies team that not only just got buried by the Giants, but also burned a decent amount of their bullpen because they once again blew a game in the ninth inning against the Giants. So their bullpen might be once again a bit shorthanded, Gomber has a 6.99 ERA, allowed 13 home runs. And once again, San Diego did wake up a bit offensively in the last game against against Seattle. I am aware it's dangerous because San Diego has been an underwhelming offensive team all season long, but it's in cores. I remember last year they dominated Colorado in cores, and I think you're going to see another great showing from them. So it's going to sound a bit of a hot take here, but I'm going to go with the Padres team total over. I think they tee off against Colorado. And do you have a dog? Yeah, my dog's going to be Cincinnati. I think it's a great price. Uh, you're fading a pitcher that has uh, got that. I'll, I'll put it this way. The Cardinals have lost each of Montgomery's last 10 starts, and you can still get the Reds at around plus 155, plus 160. I don't get it. Like, Lively's been good. I don't think he's that bad of a pitcher, but Montgomery has not been good at home, and the Cardinals can't win whenever he pitches. So give me the dreads. Am, am I missing something? Like, this line doesn't make any sense. I'm going to take Cincinnati. Uh, no, you're not missing something. Um, that is my dog as well. Uh, double dog, yeah, Cincinnati Reds. I've got him down at plus 140, but you're telling me bigger prices are available. I'll happily take that for all the reasons uh, just stipulated. For my luck, I'm going to go with a total 
And it's going to be the under in the Arizona Diamondbacks and Detroit Tigers game, under eight and a half. Uh, Merrill Kelly on the road's been great. Big fan of Renson. He's been great lately. Detroit can't hit anyway. Um, so they're not going to contribute much to that total. So the eight and a half looks uh, a run too high for me. Um, so I will lock that total up. Dylan, if you, you're getting politely encouraged in the comments to take the New York Yankees here. So are you going to pull the trigger? No, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to take Houston as my lock. I think it's a very good price against a Guardian team where I just really don't trust them offensively. I think Javier, he's been solid this season, and Astros usually win most of his games. So I'll take the minus 130 as my lock for the Astros, and I think he'll limit the Guardians' offense. For my dog, I was thinking the Reds, but... A, a total uh, price that just didn't make sense to me was the Rangers plus one fifty, plus one forty five, whatever you could get. I just, I think that's just disrespectful to be honest. I don't think Tyler Glass now should be this big of a favorite only in his third start when Andrew Heaney's proven himself all season. He's he's only allowed more than one run on the road this season. I think he'll be able to limit. I do like the under in the game, but uh, I give me the Rangers. I think offensively they could get to glass now. So at plus one forty five, plus one fifty, I uh, give me the Rangers. By the way, I found the Reds money line on Caesars at plus one fifty eight. Oh, beautiful. Okay, uh, try and get involved in that, Dylan. Anything you need to tell us before we go? No, uh, been a good day so far. Got the WNBA pod with Scott and Terrell later, but uh, other than that, uh, should be a good night of baseball. Uh, beautiful. Scott, same question. You're working hard? Uh, hardly working. Yeah, I've been busy, <laughs> uh, but definitely uh, looking forward to the games tomorrow. Besides that, have the NFL show in a little while going through the NFL MVP. Never too early to bet futures in the NFL, uh, something you learn. Uh, so, yeah, going to be going through the M- MVP stuff. Then you got the WNBA show later. Uh, but still, a lot of fun. I did my tennis podcast for the French Open uh, men's semis. Uh, I already did that for tomorrow. Alcaraz versus Djokovic. A lot of fun. So looking forward to that. But find me on Twitter at Rachel Radio. Uh, Big Barry off the Premier League show has a big old parlay going of which Alcaraz, it's a five-leg parlay. There's a couple have already landed. Proper D-Gen multi-sport shit. Uh, and Alcaraz is one of his plays in there. So is that a winner? Oh, he has him to win the match or what does he have with Alcaraz? To win the tournament? Um, to win the tournament, I think. I mean, right now he's minus 135. Personally, I think whoever wins that Alcaraz-Djokovic match will win the tournament. I lean to Alcaraz in four. Okay, Barry will be delighted with that. Um, if you're interested in the horse racing, keep your eyes peeled tomorrow on the main uh, on the main show feeds because I'll be on there with Chase and Scott. Uh, just with Chase and Ryan and Sean talking about the Belmont card. Um, I'm going to get stuck into some of the other races on that card on Saturday as well. Hopefully yeah, it goes now, ahead. If, if you want me to throw anything at the horses you're against, just hit me up and I'll throw something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, dude, not a great record, but that just means I'm due. Uh, I'm due a winner this year in the, in the Triple Crown series. Um, thanks everyone who joined us in the chat. Really appreciate it. If you're listening to this back and you never, you haven't had a chance to join the YouTube, um, do it. It's fun. Um, and the Discord channel is incredibly sharp. Uh, full of good people and good minds in there as well. Uh, thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, everybody else. Enjoy your baseball tonight and Friday night as well. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Friday night, with some kind of Friday Futures episode. Uh, but until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>